Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Game Byte Show podcast. It's the February 16th edition of the Game Byte Show. Hello. It is too late now for you. If you're listening to this and you're like, I still got time, I can do some chocolates, I can do some flowers, it's, it'll be all right. No, it's too late. It's too late yeah. now. Way too late, friends. This is the Game Byte Show. Although I will say it's not too late for uh, Dale Countdown Jones, because that's where he's at tonight. That's right. He's he's romancing. It's disgusting. And celebrating his birthday, I guess. Hey, happy birthday, Dale. Yeah. Even even old guys Dude. can still have a, a happy Valentine's Day. That's right. That's right. I uh, I had an okay Valentine's Day. Well, that's good. Fine. That's good. Get to get a little chocolates, get a little uh, flowers, and, you know, it's a good Valentine's Day. I did day. both of those. I did both of those. Well, you mean you, <laughs> you received both of those. That's right. Good. See, that's, that's what I'm all about. Roll on 2020s, man. I'm getting some flowers and some chocolates. That's right. Just waiting. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, allow myself to introduce myself. My name is Legrand. Jeremy is with me tonight. Hey, Jeremy. Lawman Lamont. Don't That's right. I'm sorry. I'm I want to make sorry. sure we got to keep it consistent, right? We go, we do our hacker alias names, our, our gamer tags, which is not even my gamer tag half the time anyway. I I don't know. I'm just trying Mr. to... Mr. Lamont. My father is Mr. Lamont. Thank you. You got to say my name is Lawman. Lawman. That's right. As I get hit by the train. No, no. I got to do my hacker voice. Lawman. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't even know what I would consider my that at this point. I yeah. Mean, I, honestly, online, I'm just like Jeremy. Like, you know what? I don't know. My <laughs> yeah, hacker, whatever. hacker I mean, name is Jeremy, quote, Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy Lamont. Lamont. My... I, guess I, ro- I guess I roll by kilt for whatever reason, K-I-L-L-T. Because that's a sweet reference to Bionic Commando. You know, it's all right. It's all right. It's I've good. been using that for a while. Want to hear? Want to hear a funny, a funny, sad story of yes. my childhood? This is uh, okay. Super, super blunder years. Uh, socially weird. Uh, Legrand looking for attention in the uh, mid to late nineties. Okay. I used to play. I used to play a game on the BBS called Legend of the Red Dragon. Do you I've played that. Oh yeah, I played that. Yeah. Dude, I played. I played it a lot. I married what's lot. her name all the time. Dude. Violet. Yes. Oh, yeah, Violet in the end. You had to go flirt with Violet every day. That's right. Uh, hopefully she'll double your money, right? Is that yeah. what she does? Uh, that's not what she did for me. My dude. Uh, anyway, I, 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 there was this time where I played one round, um, and I actually created a character, and her name was Lingerie. That's Lingerie. hot. Lingerie. And guess what? All these dudes were always sending me money. I know. Like, <laughs> you know what? Sending me free stuff. My favorite and trying to flirt with me, and I was like, I'm okay with this because I was progressing in the game. Oh, no. But I was like, you know, 14 years old. I, I barely knew what lingerie was. I mean, it was in the Sears catalog. That's all I knew. <laughs> you you know, flip, flip open the Sears wish book to a random page and be like, that's my character name. <laughs> but uh, I tell you what, man, I, I, I got a lot of... I, got, I was able to purchase Nier's teeth uh, with um, money given to me by weird neckbeard... That, that's pretty that good. Game. My favorite subgenre of music is like late seventies uh, soft rock ballads, where the title of the song is a lady's name, like uh-huh. "Oh Christine" or something. Except I want to be like "Oh lingerie." You know, not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. I can make it work. Yeah, you know, that was one of those blunder years. Yeah, things. But anyway, well, <laughs> welcome to the show, guys. Speaking of uh, love, that's that's my history. 
I have I have some dark, weird, weird things that happened back in the early days of the internet that I just don't really want to talk about. Perhaps for another day, we'll save some stories because they're pretty good. All right, it, it's okay to talk about things that you did when you were, you know, pre-adult, yeah. right? Yeah, like, it that's okay. To didn't talk kill about. you. It yeah. makes you stronger. Yeah, and you were, and you didn't know what you were doing. You were not an adult yet, so no. it's okay, right? No, it formed you into the upstanding um, citizen that you are today. Statute of limitations has passed, so no problem. Uh, might have to calculate that, but yeah, I think the, the, the theory is sound. It's been like 20 years, bro. We're good. <laughs> yeah. At least 20 years. Okay, all right. Well, well we've got some news for you tonight, boys and girls. Uh, I guess Jeremy's going to do that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, by popular nobody, demand. Nobody liked my news no. from last week. No, they didn't. Uh, so no, actually, I, I really did. It was nice for me, but uh, we're back at the grindstone now. We're, we're in serious mode, serious time now. Uh, we're going to begin with the, uh, the big news of the week, which is uh, uh, the Untitled Game of the Year. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Untitled Goose Game has won Game of the Year at the Dice Awards. We have the uh, results of the 2020 Dice Awards, and and I'm not joking. What um, are the Dice Awards? Are these like developer awards? Uh, yes. So it's this is sort of in my mind kind of the most the, the 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 clearest analog to what you get from the Oscars or whatever, where it's industry people voting for their own people, uh, as opposed to what you get at the Keeleys, which is you know whoever he uh, invites to be a judge, I guess, or you know wh- whoever whoever Bethesda plants in the first three rows to go woo. Whenever somebody, you know, ah, okay. So this is this is actual the the developers, uh, <laughs> yeah, the developers doing this. Like an industry. Group there is also of the GDC awards too. So I don't know. This is this is a good one. I I like this, and so we're going to talk about it. Um, but yeah, Untitled Goose Game is the number one game of the year, uh, for 2019. Which um, fine. Yeah, like I can't can't argue too hard with it. Um, but uh, other items that we have here, Outstanding Achievement in Audio Design, Death Stranding, uh, Action Game of the Year went to Control, which was my Game of the Year last year. Uh, Adventure Game of the Year went to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which, uh, LeGrand, you did you ever get to actually play that? I know that you were going to play I it on your Origin like Access. I played, like, the very first tutorial mission. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. It looks, it looks all right. It, you know, I need I, to get... I'd like to play it at some point. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, fighting Game of the Year, Mortal Kombat 11. Um, online Game of the Year went to Apex Legends. Uh, excuse me. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. You missed the immersive reality game of the year, Pistol Whip. Oh, I've heard about that. It's my favorite sandwich topping. <laughs> pistol. <laughs> that's, that's Pistol Whip. Oh yes, I'm. I'm yeah. more of a yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Listen, Pistol Whip is an amazing, amazing game, and I'm glad that it's on a list somewhere because you know what? I, I think it just passed by a lot of people. I well, first of all because it's a VR game, but second of all, well, because I don't. I don't disagree with you. Uh, I just. I have to say, I'm more of a Pistol Mayonnaise man. And pistol whip. Yeah, okay, I get it. Well, you know, you can't please everyone, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Um, outstanding achievement in animation. This is kind of interesting. Went to Luigi's Mansion Three, which is uh, which is kind of interesting. Outstanding achievement in game design. Went to my number three game of last year, Baba Is You, which uh, I agree. Achievement in game design. That was a okay genius little game. Racing game of the year. Guess what it went to. Guess what it went to? F off. Yeah. I don't even want to. I don't want to. No. Hear it. All right. We'll keep going. Uh, the Outer Worlds uh, role playing game of the year. Sports game of the year. FIFA twenty. Ah. Eh? Ah. Eh? Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Port- <laughs> Portable Game of the Year, Sayonara Wild Hearts. What do you think of that? You played a bunch of mobile games. Is Sayonara Wild Hearts? Uh, the- I played Sayonara Wild Hearts, and I don't know, man. Yeah, I, 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 yeah Sayonara Wild Hearts would be really cool in VR. Kind of like the same reason why. Um, what's that other? Thumper. Yeah, right. Like yeah, yeah. Thumper's it's on, really cool because it's VR. on rails and you have like limited. Yeah. I mean. It, Basically, is a rhythm game, but uh, it, it seems like I, I and I played Sayonara Wild Hearts on the iPad. I tried it with my controller connected to the iPad because it's a game that's included with Apple Arcade. So I don't know if it's available elsewhere. Yeah, I'm no, it I, might be. I don't think so. 
Anyway, I, I did play it on there, and I didn't like get too deep into it. I'm mean, it's fine, but whatever. Yeah, that yeah. was fine. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, so that was your uh, fake top news of the week. Now for the real top news of the week: Sonic the Hedgehog the movie. It is out. Yeah. It is out, and it is <laughs> it is breaking speed records and financial records with a sixty eight million dollar weekend opening, which isn't isn't record breaking overall. But if you create a little subcategory about movies based on video games, it's actually uh, it actually beats the recent uh, record breaker, which was Detective Pikachu, which had about a fifty four million dollar um, take, and that was what two thousand nineteen. That was last year, wow. I guess. Um, and it's sitting at sixty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way, and we all failed miserably. Yeah, I guess that was the closest. Uh, the the in our weird Rotten Tomatoes challenge. The weird thing about this is that it's apparently like eh, not bad as far as as far as movies. Sixty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes is okay. It's almost certified fresh. Yeah. Um, whereas we did not have really a lot of optimism for this. Uh, I guess at the bottom of the pile here, I was saying for a minute, I thought it said minus seven, but there's just a dash there. So I, I chose seven percent as my, uh, well, get this. The audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is 95%. Shut up. See, now they're just stuffing the ballot box. (laughs) It's all those Sonic the Hedgehog people. They want to see Sonic the Hedgehog kiss a human girl. And they're like, they know that if they make this movie a success, that it'll increase the odds that we're going to see that in a movie theater in the United States of America. And I'm against this. But I can't argue with $68 million. So, anyway. No. So, so be honest with me. Be straight up with me. Are you going to go see this in the theater? No. No? Are you? I mean, not... Definitely not. Do you want to make a date out of it? We can go do that, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Like, what if our feet <laughs> touch or something? I don't know if I want to... It had an $85 million budget, by the way. Well, I think in the for the opening weekend, I think it'll just just wait until it uh, goes to South Korea. They love Sonic the Hedgehog in South Korea. Uh, they love yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog in North Korea, actually. I wonder where it's at. Oh, so it's already made 111 worldwide. Yeah, so. it's it's good. Yeah, and uh, according, we were sort of chattering about it a little bit before we started recording, and you said that uh, Jim Carrey is actually the he's carrying the movie somehow. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard from people who've seen it. So I, I mean, Jim I find- Carrey's a good. He's a good actor. He's a good character actor like that. He fits that. Yeah, yeah, I can see I, him. I guess he does. I don't know. He sort of plays the same dude in everything, kind of. So, And that same dude is basically Dr. Robotnik, Dr. Right? Robotnik, like, yeah, I guess so. Uh, you know, I'm I sorry, think Eggman for you egg, nerds. Eggman, yeah. They're, actually, they're, it does bring back some, <laughs> some weird continuity problems now because we're back to the same whole Robotnik-Eggman thing. Uh, also, Who I cares? think the movie could probably do without that five-minute tirade that Robotnik goes on about vaccines. I don't think, uh, <laughs> I don't think it really needed that, but maybe the director's cut will maybe brush it up a little bit. Uh, Sony is still working on that PlayStation 5. We know it's coming out, uh, what, this year, I guess? And uh, we have some rumors. According to reports, Sony is struggling to do the limbo to get the price point for the system to the, you know, that sweet mass market hot spot of whatever it is. hundred bucks. Uh, they're not going to make that. Uh, <laughs> rumors rumors are flying that it costs them about $450 to make it over at Bloomberg, uh, according to just what they... They basically take a look at the parts and the components. They they go source that with the suppliers, and they've basically figured out that it's costing Sony about 450 bucks to make the thing. Um, so here's my question to you, Legrand. Would you pay $600 US for a PlayStation 5? I mean, I'm going to buy a next-gen console. I don't know if it's going to be the PlayStation 5. Yeah. Um... Well, would I pay that for an Xbox Next, Xbox Series X? Good question. Um, yeah, you know, Maybe. I don't know. I uh, the, the thing is, is my gaming tastes have been leaning more towards PC gaming as of late. Like I haven't played an Xbox or PlayStation game 
in quite some time. Yeah. So I, I think that if I, if I I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of like just thinking seriously about what I want to do. And I don't know. I, I mean, the end of the year is coming soon enough. Well, that makes you susceptible to, uh, you know, marketing Legrand. Yeah. Marketing. That's right. We'll see who markets better. And uh, I'm, I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for, uh, you know how, here's, here's, here's what I'm going to say. This is going to be, this is where uh, Sony's going to come out. Uh, okay. You know Xbox, we, I think we reported last week or the week before that Xbox was coming out saying, listen, we're not going to have any exclusives. It's just going to be cross-generational things. Right. And eventually things will get better on the PS5. And then all of a sudden it will have eventually have PS5 or something like that. Right, 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 this? right. Yeah, yeah. So here's what's going to happen. Sony's going to come out and say, hey, guys, we've got exclusives. Yeah. They're going to steal the thunder <laughs> just like the game sharing thing happened yeah, with yeah. the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. And they're going to steal some thunder away from xbox on the marketing side and i'm interested to see if sony does capitalize on kind of maybe not the bad will but just kind of some of the weird press that they've gotten over not announcing exclusives for the xbox one i'm wondering if sony takes advantage of that situation. i don't know i still am kind of waiting to see sony just explode out of the gate with the stuff they've been working on for the last three years when they haven't been at e3 and haven't been announcing anything and they've been doing their sony directs and it's been 15 minutes of really like tepid stuff um, so I, if I, if I, and I didn't make this as a prediction in, you know, our beginning of the year prediction shows, but I, they have to have been doing something. They have to have been doing something. Uh, and so my hope is that we're going to see, you know, once that thing is announced and, and launched, um, we're going to see some major offerings from Sony just exploding out of the gate for the PlayStation 5. That would be great. That I would mean, be great. A, a, Xbox isn't really competing against Sony anymore. They said so That's what themselves. they say, yeah. So you got to take them at their word, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so we'll, we'll talk more about that later. Yeah, we sure will. Uh, so $450 is the cost. So something more than that will likely be the... Uh, 500 bucks. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, 499 Don't they usually like sell that. these at a loss in most cases? That's kind they, of been they can. the history. Yeah, I mean, it depends on who they is, because I think Nintendo typically comes out. They make money on hardware right from day one, I think. So Yeah, it, but I it think that depends. everyone else is like a lost leader to get people to buy games where they're actually making their licensing yeah. dollars, and that's where the money comes from. Yeah, it's definitely possible. They, they they could do less. I mean, it could be less. But anyway, as far as Bloomberg is concerned, that's what it's costing, uh, you know, costing over at Sony uh, to make those things. So uh, in other monetary news and, and somewhat adjacent to both Sony and Nintendo... Uh, you probably remember that whole Nintendo PlayStation prototype thing that has been circulating in the news for the last couple of years. Um, the current owner, uh, Terry Diebold, who was uh, a retired employee of the company that that worked for Olaf Olafsson, who was in, who was one of the original guys behind the original PlayStation, which which is a fascinating, fascinating story, and I strongly recommend uh, uh, books like uh, Console Wars, where they talk about that a little bit. I believe that it comes up in. Um, the history of video games. Um, anyway, uh, I read about it somewhere too. I think it was, I can power up. I think is where it, I read about it. It it, it could be. Uh, but anyway, it's super fascinating. Anyway. Look into that. And uh, the the actual um illegitimate demon spawn love child of Sony and Nintendo that never made it to market. Uh, this thing is it looks like a monstrosity. It has like a Sony thing on the bottom, and uh, it, it's all yellowing from age. But it also has uh, the, the the Nintendo components are yellowing. Everything yeah. else is normal gray. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, it's it's basically been sort of this 
feature or, or this item of interest at a lot of gaming conventions, especially for game preservationists, people, I think, are actually, like, touching it and stuff, which I, I still don't know that that's, like, the best thing to be doing. But uh, anyway, uh, they are now putting it up for auction and Whatever, bidding uh, has begun. Indiana Jones over here. Indiana Jeremy Lamont just uh Honestly, like, if they, they're just letting a game... Like, listen, have you been in a room full of gaming people before? Like, it's gross. It's gross. We smell bad. We have grubby hands. We're just, True. We, we like, there's some kind of oil, you know, that we exude. It's gross. Uh, anyway, so it is now uh, on the Heritage Auctions site of Dallas. Um, and they've actually, the thing is that it's not even really fully functional. So it, it's kind of funny in the listing. It says that um, it now has the ability to play music, CDs, like the commercially produced PlayStation, but there is no proprietary software that's known to have been made during the prototype's development. Uh, so I guess you can play a, a, an audio CD on it if you want to. Okay. Uh, but but yeah, I <laughs> that that's the thing. So and, and actually, there is some precedent for this. Um, Diebold or Diebold had said that somebody had offered to buy it from him for one point two million dollars, and he turned it down. Um, that fool back in yeah back in December. So um, I don't know. It's it's kind of interesting. I'll be kind of you know passingly interested to see where this thing ends up and if it goes to like a serious preservationist or if it's going to go to some dude who's going to like unbox it on youtube or <laughs> i don't know what they're going to do but uh anyway so uh the listing is now uh going on now through march 6th so if you want to get a little bit of money together you and your friends and uh you know maybe maybe three hundred and fifty thousand right now by the way yeah it's yeah so just a little bit of money together you and your friend from the elementary school playground who said that his uncle who works at nintendo said that they were making a sony uh a nintendo pl- or a uh yeah, Nintendo PlayStation. Uh, you, you can all own this thing together if you want to. Um, we are probably going to be talking a little bit later just to spoil you uh, about the new streaming services that are available and what we think of them. But uh, it, this this sector of video games is not without its uh, perils. And uh, NVIDIA's GeForce Now service, which is awesome, and I was hoping to talk about it last week and didn't really get around to it, uh, Activision Blizzard has pulled all of its games off of GeForce Now, and uh, this, uh, according to NVIDIA, I guess, they are basically saying that there was a misunderstanding between them and Activision. Uh, during the beta period, Activision was happy to allow those games to be on that service, but now that it is a for-pay service, uh, they have asserted themselves, and it is now uh, a an Activision Blizzard-free zone. Uh, this amounts to about uh, 20 titles, uh, including things like Call of Duty for Modern Warfare, um, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I think those are, are those two different things? Yes, they are. Okay. I just, <laughs> I did that thing where I got confused for a minute. Um, Hearthstone, yeah, Overwatch was on there. And uh, basically this is kind of an indication. I mean, it's a four pay service and you don't really know when the games that you're playing on it could potentially be removed due to, you know, G- GeForce uh, works a little bit differently than, than some of the others where you actually have to own the games first. We'll talk about this in, in just a little bit, but uh, it, it is kind of an interesting... I, I, I don't know, setback or casualty, I guess, of, of this new model. And um, there are technical issues associated with game streaming and also business-related issues, and it's just something they have to navigate while making money, potentially. So uh, that service in particular, you can uh, play for free, and just there are some limitations to the service, or you can pay $5 a month. But even so, games that you own that, that they would put on that service might suddenly become I... unavailable. I don't understand. I know, I know we're going to get into this a little bit more later, but I don't understand why they could even... I mean, 
GeForce Now, I guess we can, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> I, yeah. I kind of want to go into it, but we'll, yeah, we'll wait. Yeah, we will. We'll, we we'll come back it. to it. I will say, though, that uh, Destiny is no longer a an Activision Blizzard property, so it is not in the list of games that were removed, and it actually plays nice and smooth on uh, on GeForce Now. So, uh, But the things that will be, um, things that are currently no longer, a whole load of Call of Duty games, Crash Bandicoot, Insane Trilogy, um, Sekiro was on there, Spyro Reignited, Diablo 3, Hearthstone, Heroes of the Storm, Over watch some starcraft stuff and world of warcraft uh, again you would have to own those games in order to play them to begin with but uh, now they will no longer be available to stream there uh in other areas where stuff is available and then un- unavailable um sort of notoriously disney uh who is uh, notorious on the game bite show for closing studios and and canceling games like uh disney infinity now is uh, coming crawling back to the development community saying that they would love for developers to come and play with its properties, um, which I don't know. I don't know what to say about this. They, they basically have been trying for a long time to offload any of their own stuff and then switch over to a licensing model. And uh, yeah, I mean, this includes Star Wars properties like we just talked about uh, Jedi Fallen Order, which won awards and, um, you know, well, I they don't got know. Marvel stuff coming out too already. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of... Yeah, that's right. So Disney uh, owns a lot of stuff. I don't know if you knew. <laughs> I I am basically going to make my proposition to Disney to uh, to make a game based on Gus, the field kicking mule, starring Don Knotts. Um, nice, I nice. will have to wrangle with the estate of Don Knotts for his likeness, but I'm thinking that I might be able to fudge it a little bit and maybe get I don't know. I'm sure there's some celebrity out there who would be willing to lend his. Peter Dinklage as Don Knotts in Gus is this is my proposal to <laughs> I, you, Disney. I, I want one of those um I want one of those walking simulator story based games based on the movie Splash by Tom Hanks, that property. Nice. Um I, I'm really looking forward to somebody picking up that license from Disney and making a movie out of it, you know? Wow. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Um, mannequin. Uh, who owns Jewel of the Nile? I don't know. Now I'm starting to think about like oh, all these dude, movies. Oh, dude, Jewel from... of the Nile. Wow. <laughs> we, we need... Romancing the Stone yes. and Jewel of the Nile. Yeah, exactly. Romancing the Stone. I think Romancing the Stone was the first one, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was. I, for some reason, I always think of Jewel of the Nile because I, I think because when I was a kid, it had a, like, a jet where they like drive a jet across the desert. And I was like, yeah, they got in a jet. So for some reason, I think of that one first. Dude, I need to watch those movies again. That'd like be right now. Movie like, night. I, I need to do this. This podcast is over. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Are they on uh, iTunes? I'm looking right now. Keep going. All right. So anyway, Disney wants uh, people to do some interesting things. So there you have a few ideas from the uh, from the Legrand and the Jeremy office where we, where we just uh, – the Skunk Works, where we come up with great content ideas for you all day long. Uh, over at Steam, where real gaming happens, big boy games, uh, Play Next is a new thing over on Steam where uh, basically it's a page where they – I guess it's just sort of an extrapolation of the idea of what you would be interested in, except they are telling you games that are, I guess, in your own library, right? So they want to look through your 600, 700 games that you're not playing and pick three that it thinks that you want and then and then roll, uh, you know, just kind of re-roll for random things. It's, it's kind of a good idea. I will say, though, that the Game Pass thing has been doing it. This, the Xbox app on PC will actually already do a thing that says, hey, what will you play next? Me? Yeah, exactly. And I don't know if it's I based on I click on that button logic. all the time, by the way. But yeah, and then ignore its advice, don't you? Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah, that's what I do, too. Then go back to playing I'm just like, showdown. yeah. <laughs> there you go. So um, it's it's still sort of a Steam Labs thing that's not actually in final, final form yet. 
Um, but I, I would be interested to have our listeners maybe try this out on Steam and see if it's if it's actually reading your mind because this is using advanced analytics to figure out what it is that you like and then and then deciding based on that. So I'd be interested to know from our listeners if that is actually the case. Uh, over at PUBG, they're doing some updates. They are adding an eight on eight deathmatch mode. So PUBG, of course, is the perennial. I don't know if I would call it the original, but it's like the. Uh, battle royale game upon which all of the, all of the other ones really have been modeled and um you know around typically to be the last man standing is a you know 20 to 30 minute affair but i guess they're trying to i don't know go back traditional to traditional deathmatch i guess is is their their goal i, I thought it was interesting that it's it's going the other direction now like everyone's been kind of trying to figure out how to shoehorn a a battle royale mode into their shooter and now this battle royale original game is Saying that it wants to, to make be... the game more popular by making yeah, just make a PvP deathmatch. Yeah, exactly. There you go. You know, I but I I will say this for a game like PUBG or even Hunt Showdown, I think that um, one of the things that you you can't get practice at very well in like a game, even like Apex, like all of these games, right? Is because the con- the 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 encounters are very few and far between. Whereas when you're playing a Call of Duty, for example, you're getting dialed in on the combat because you're basically always going over in and over again. Yeah. So if I had a deathmatch mode in Hunt Showdown or in Apex Legends or any of these, I think it would really, I would probably use it to try to improve my skill when I do find those encounters in the battle royale mode. Right. Right. Yeah, which is why I'm really interested in the uh, Call of Duty Battle Royale that they're going to be adding to Modern Warfare, which is not on our news, but I believe we should mention it now. Yeah, I think I lost track of games that are adding Battle Royale. I think they it sort of slowed <laughs> down a little bit, but uh, yeah, so we'll yeah we'll throw a shout out there. And then there are games that have added it, and I don't know if remember when Battlefield Five was doing one. I think you played yeah, that fire, one. Yeah, Firestorm. Yeah, I think the Firewall. Or whatever. I never even played it. I mean, I don't even have access to Battlefield Five because I don't have Origin access oh, anymore. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Ba- ba- Battle Royale is something that still exists, I guess. So, I guess just be aware. Gen- General right. PSA: Battle Royale exists, and it's adding deathmatch. So. Lucky you. Uh, and then the very last item that I've got kind of ties over from Battle Royale in that uh, V-Bucks are now in the sights of the IRS. V-Bucks, which incidentally, I always thought it was Victory <laughs> Bucks, but did you know it actually stands for Vindertech Bucks? Did you know that? No. Vindertech Bucks. I didn't know that, but now now you do. Uh, but anyway, on the, uh, on the IRS website... Uh, they actually specifically mentioned by name V-Bucks and Robux as digital currency, currencies that could be subject to, quote-unquote, tax consequences. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there is some value there, and... Uh, I don't I don't know I don't know what to think about this because I know that tokens and stuff there there are ways that companies will sort of uh, you know kind of say well the, the the monetary transaction has already happened and so therefore it's no longer subject to taxes and and I don't are know Are they saying it, that because you can earn V-bucks by playing the game that they're maybe. saying that you're earning money by playing the game because V-Bucks have inherent value? I mean, possibly. And and, and the thing is... Is that their angle? I, 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 do, is the I don't way. know. Here's the thing. It's actually been taken off of their website, but uh, you can actually still find it by going back on the, uh, on the Internet Archive, the Wayback Machine. And um, it, it basically says here, virtual currency that has an equivalent value in real currency or that acts as a substitute for real currency is referred to as convertible virtual currency. Uh, and they cite a few here, Bitcoin, Ether, which I'm not sure where that's from, 
Uh, Rob- Ethereum is another cryptocurrency. Okay, Roblox and V-Bucks are a few examples of a convertible virtual currency. Virtual currencies can be digitally traded between users and can be purchased for or exchanged into US dollars, Euro, and other real or virtual currencies. But you currencies. can't do that with Robux or V-Bucks. Once you put money in, you can't get money that's, out. That's kind of the thing, but you know, in the same way that the whole uh, you know, Counter-Strike I, I, I can't skins, buy groceries with my V-Bucks, then I think that, you know... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but then, I mean, at some point, <laughs> there's got to be, like, I mean... Um, a credit, you know, kind of works that way too. I mean, you can say, well, it's not really money. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, so it is uh, still on the, um, I believe that it's still actually on the forms for the uh, Schedule 1. I'm, I'm seeing a picture here from Bloomberg. But uh, anyway, so Epic has actually responded to this saying that V-Bucks should be exempt from the definition of virtual currency and taxation because they cannot be traded between players to cash out. So Legrand, like you're saying, some of the technicalities of the, the actual spending power or the transactional power that is available through these currencies. Uh, but just be aware that it's on the IRS's radar. And here's one thing about the IRS. What the IRS wants, the IRS gets. So, I don't know. If you're sitting, yeah. if you're sitting on a whole mountain of V bucks, just be thinking about it. Just be thinking about it. <laughs> Go that. spend those before. The yeah, IRS that is that is not your retirement account, <laughs> and that is all the news that we've got for this week. Well, I'm glad we ended that with a s- stupid story. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. That's uh, <laughs> pretty pretty weird. Pretty weird. Who knows, man? Like, who knows? Anyway, the, I've the got government some new wants your V bucks. Not a whole lot going on here. Uh, Darksiders Genesis is out. This is the top down, top down, right? Darksiders game. Yeah, I, I know that okay. it's. Um, I know that it's like co-op or something, and it's supposed to be really good. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it seems like a what was that game? Gauntlet style. Yeah, movie, something like, like a two D. So yeah, I know it's two D for sure. Right. Uh, Dreams. This is like the uh, build build stuff game that's on the Sony PlayStation Four. Um, there's like a game engine in there. You can do stuff. You can make art. You can do all sorts of stuff in Dreams. So that's yeah. out, I guess now. It's been a uh, soft Street Fighter, Yeah, Street Fighter Five Champion Edition. This is, you know, this is what Capcom does with Street Fighter, and with every fighting game does this, and with every well, sorry, every Capcom game does this. Well, yeah. most Capcom games. Monster Hunter does this. Street Fighter does this, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Indeed. So this is the latest. It probably includes some extra characters and skins. Yeah. And that's all the actual new releases in our radswishgametitles.com. I've got three games here that fit. First, Little Bit War. Aw, that know one sounds is, cute. But, you know, it sounds, it sounds okay, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and, and also following in our, our cat theme from last week, we have Kitty Maestro. All right. Um, I don't know if, if he's, um, I don't know, making music. Probably, probably musical, Maestro. probably doing like a, a metronome with his tail. Aw. Aw, sounds pretty good, right? Yeah. And finally, Snack World, The Dungeon Crawl. Gold. That is also my general day to day. When I'm home and I've got nowhere to be, that's that's what I that's what I play in real life. Snack World, the Dungeon Crawl. I just go looking around. All right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, we've got a bunch of some free games: Kingdom Come Deliverance and Aztez is free on the Epic Game Store. There's mm-hmm. also a game called Feria. Is that yeah, out that's on Epic be, as well? Next it'll week? be next week. Yeah. So it's like a trading card game that that has uh, kind of some. I don't know. There's like a map, and you gain territories and stuff. A hexagonal grid type thing. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be it'll be free next week. You can try it out and tell me about it. All right, I will. I won't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hunt Showdown, guys, is still for sale on Steam. You can also buy it from Hunt Showdown's website. Just Google Hunt Showdown. You can buy it from there. They also released some paid DLC this week uh, called Fire Fight. I believe is what it's called. But all the proceeds until like end of March, I believe. 
go to benefit the Australian wildlife um, foundations that are Aww. happening over there. That's great. Uh, there's a, a when they add the latest patch was 1.2 that just came out this week. As, as if you want to talk about updates, uh, Hunt Showdown 1.2 came out. They added a bunch of new stuff. They added a, a bunch of new weapons. There's pitchforks. There's shovels, and they also added a new melee weapon called the heavy knife which is kind of like an in-between the machete and the actual regular knife. Okay. Anyway, if you buy this Firefight DLC, there's a skin for that heavy knife, uh, which you can get as well as a skin for the Sparks, which is one of my favorite long-range weapons as a really good one. So I now I have a skin for it, which is great. I actually bought this, and I don't usually, usually buy DLC like this, but I did because hmm. I wanted to support the Australian More? wildlife. Good. I, I hope that the weapons themselves are not made of fire. I feel like that would be a little bit tacky. I think it's okay They're to not. fight fire, but not with fire. That's right. You can't fight fire with fire. No, Wait does, that doesn't even make sense. It never made sense. <laughs> uh, I will add here that uh, game Xbox games with gold, since it's now the middle of the month, um, the Call of Cthulhu is now one of the free Xbox One games. If you're a Game Pass subscriber, you can also get that. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront the first with no online is now, I guess, available on Xbox as well. Um, having exited now is okay. Fable Heroes. So anyway, that's still a thing. I mean, Games with Gold is still a thing. It's all right. But uh, just be aware. And I guess that'll do it for that, right? That's all that. Yep. All right. That's all that. So we're going to talk for our third and final segment. Uh, the topic of the day, we sort of have alluded to it and outright uh, told you what it is uh, by kind of doing a quick audit here of the current situation in streaming game services. Uh, most recent to... The market is GeForce Now, which uh, is the one that I've played most recently, and I, um, I I can't remember. I think somebody called me out on this on our last show because I tweeted or I said something like, um, you know, my prediction earlier this year that Stadia would get it together at some point and be the service that they advertised and said that they wanted to be. And I said that, you know what? I don't even care anymore because GeForce Now is here, and that's that's kind of what I'm – I pledge my allegiance now to GeForce Now. Um, so, I agree, and I have Stadia. Yeah, yeah. So uh, just kind of, just kind of talking about what what is out there now, what we are likely to use, and and maybe not. And um, like I said, I did plan to talk about GeForce Now this past Wednesday, so I thought maybe I'd just give a quick overview of how it works and how it's different. We we did talk about it a little bit in the news, but uh, GeForce Now, the thing that makes it different is that uh, most of the other streaming services, in fact, I think all of them. I'm trying to think of any that you that you don't just buy the game. I, I guess uh, PlayStation Now. Uh, and maybe Xbox a subscription service. Yeah, right? you just you just pay subscription. And, and Xbox is just part of your part of the uh, whatever Game Pass. Yeah, probably exactly whatever's on there, and then maybe maybe they do some other offerings. Uh, but other than that, if you're playing, you know, Stadia or um, I, I mean, even even stuff like Remote Play uh, or, or streaming stuff that is on your own hardware, I mean, you you you've got to be buying things from that platform. Um, with GeForce Now, though, the thing that is kind of different about them is that they have agreements with different providers, such as Steam and uh, uh, I, I guess apparently the maybe, maybe no longer Origin, Battle, Battle Play. Yeah, Origin is on there, Ubi's on there, um, Epic Game Store, which is kind of cool because you know they have a lot of free games and stuff on there that uh, they've been giving away. And it's not every game either, but but anyway, you just you authenticate into those services, and any games that you own that are sort of under their agreement. Those are available to you to play, and you can even do it. They have a free version of the service, which works basically the same as the as the paid service, except it limits to you. It limits you to an hour per session, and uh, and then it doesn't support ray tracing, which is sort of a GeForce initiative that they're you know that they're pushing. Um, and having used this, 
uh, it's awesome. Like, it works great. And and I know that I've said that also about Stadia. Now I've taken some blowback from, well, from LeGrand anyway about this, but because, um, you know, because, <laughs> you know, it, it would be like, oh, well, that hasn't been my experience. But so far, GeForce Now has has been really good. And I have done things like um, I've played MechWarrior 5 on my phone using a Bluetooth mouse and keyboard, and it works better than it does on my local PC. Um and so therefore I sit down on my PC and I'm like, I'm going to turn on ray tracing. I'm going to, instead of waiting five minutes for a load time, I'm going to wait, you know, four minutes. <laughs> uh, so, so my use case for it also has, I, I really feel like there is a place for me in the streaming future. And, and I've talked about uh, when I was thinking of Stadia, because I, I believe that uh, Stadia is planning on getting Cyberpunk when that releases, whenever that releases, you know, September or whatever it is now, I was like, oh yeah, well, I'll, I'll just play that on, on that because I just don't think I'll get the same performance out of my PC. I don't update my PC regularly. And, you know, I'm getting to the point where it starts to show. And so I actually have, and especially for the low, low price of $0, um, I would do it even just for the better load times. You know, I would buy a game on a service and then play it remotely. Um, Another opportunity might be, you know, Rainbow Six Siege, where that thing wants to patch 60 gigabytes every time I go to run it, and I'm sure that I would burn through less of my bandwidth just playing it through streaming occasionally. Let's let's, let's talk about this GeForce Now for a second, because if you think about this, you pay that, what's $5 a month right now? Yeah. I mean, for your introductory founders... I, that may may or may not go up. I, I don't know. Um, right. I don't think anyone knows really. But as of right now, it's $5 a month. Um, the top of the line GeForce graphics card is 800 bucks, $1,000. Right. Uh, you could put a lot of $5 a month to eventually reach up to what that graphics card means. I mean, you could pay that for a decade. Right. And you'd always have top of the line hardware pushing um, – you know, whatever the game is that you're doing. Yeah. Exactly. Not worrying about driver updates, not worrying about, you know, what is this compatible? You're always running at top of the line graphics. You run Well, the only thing is you're, you're right now that's only in 1080p. So that is one consideration, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Stadia supposedly is in 4k. Um, But the other, the the only thing that I think is really holding this stuff back right now is still just reliability of internet connections. Yeah. Um, Whatever that means, whether it's uh, I'm on Wi-Fi from my router to my laptop, and there's a, something happens, and somebody st- turns on the microwave, and suddenly, you know, I'm I'm lagging <laughs> in my yeah, in my stream yeah. game, or or for whatever reason, the internet slows down because of usage in the neighborhood, and someone's downloading porn on somewhere else, and so now it's you know problems. Uh, I, right. I think that that's the only thing where this kind of starts to slow down. However, I 100% can see the future of this being the thing. Like, for example, say, you know, PlayStation, Sony, and Xbox both get it together by the end of this year, and they have a solid service that is can handle all this stuff. Say the PlayStation 5 is $500, the Xbox Series X is $500, or... Stream it you from your PC. Yeah. Stream it from your PC and play those PlayStation-exclusive games for $5 a month. $60 a year, you'll have access. Over the course of that generation, which is, you know, the generation, whatever that even means in the future, say that's, you know, five or six, seven years. I mean, this this last PlayStation 4 generation, it will be seven years come this November, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so if you think about that, if you're paying $5 a month to gain access to that service times seven years, and you're always, and you can just stream that game, like, what's the difference? Why, 
I mean, right. th- there comes a point when it doesn't necessarily make sense to even own the hardware anymore if the experience that you can experience over the streaming service is as good as you could. And if, and if, if it's, it's where it's you want it. I mean, think about this, uh, you know, because uh, we, I, I mean, we just suggested stream it from your PC. GeForce Now is going to put an Android TV app out, and I'm sure it'll be on Apple TVs also. Um, get it on yeah, your TV not, in your living room. It's not yet on iOS, which is a little disappointing. But Oh, that's a bummer. Uh, get, get it on, on your TV iPad in the living yet. room. Get it on the TV in your bedroom or whatever. And, you know, if you ha- if you own the hardware, you have to unhook it and, like, go plug it in somewhere else or something. Which is always why I thought stuff like the uh, PlayStation TV, you know, the little Vita box thing w- was really cool. Because then, I, you know, I, it, it honestly, like, in a way, this is kind of what I've really been looking forward to in some form or fashion for years and years and years. Is that, you know, hey, it's cool. The screen that I have over here... I, it can be with me over here too, and I don't have to. I'm not tied to the hardware, just just like you were saying, um, and that really is what Stadia has promised, and you know, to some extent delivered on. But I really like the GeForce Now model. I just, I really like the idea. The only potential problems well, are maybe some of the business type problems, like you know, like we saw in the news today, where suddenly a developer decides, oh no, we're gonna we're gonna do our we're we're gonna go on HBO, you know, Max now, and we're you know <laughs> that streaming agreement is now null and void. So there there are always some infrastructure liabilities. Well, there. Here, here's the thing when you when you talk about Stadia and everyone is insane, and you and I included, like with GeForce, I can play all the games I already have. With Stadia, you have to go buy the games on the Stadia platform, right? Yeah. Well, in with GeForce now, you have to buy the games on a platform regardless. So. Let's, let's fast forward to the future. Five years from now, okay. a brand new game's coming out. We're all bought on board to this streaming future. Cars are Where flying. does it matter if I buy it on the Stadia or on Steam if I'm streaming it anyways? At that point, Stadia and GeForce Now are basically equivalent. We're basically comparing right now uh, you know, the, the same service where right now they're kind of in their infancy, where right. GeForce Now is relying on the marketplace of others that they have built, while Google is building their own marketplace with the Stadia itself. Five years down the road, if we're all doing the streaming service, you compare those two services and they're basically identical. Yeah. You know what's fascinating to me is I was just thinking about this. Do you remember Dennis Dyack? And remember thing, the thing he talked about all the time, or at least was kind of infamous for talking about, the one console future? We're looking at a no console future here. Uh, which... Yeah, and, and 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 this is and now to dial this back to next week. This is the reason why Xbox is saying, "Cool, Sony can do whatever the hell they want." However, we've invested in the server infrastructure, as has Google, as has Facebook. This is why we care more about what those companies are doing than what Sony's doing. Because ten years down the road, we're going to be that much further ahead of Sony if this streaming service kind of goes that direction. I, I will say though, here's the only here's the only bone that I would have to pick with that, which is that on this show we, other than Dale, who's not here, so we can say whatever we want. We we've generally been quite uh, open to this particular technology, whereas if you look out on the internet, whenever Stadia says anything on social media or whatever, it's like, oh yeah, well. You know, I there's definitely some some pushback because in the United States anyway, the infrastructure is not, you know, we're not South Korea, for example. So, shout out to South Korea, second I, messenger. And that's what I mean about the internet. I mean, as soon as the internet actually, as soon as the lobbyists and the government gets out of the internet here in the United States and the corporations and it becomes more of a public service as it should be like everywhere else. Then I think that's when this becomes even yeah. Although you're because... assuming that it will, we could be in a golden age right now. This could be lost technology in like 20 <laughs> years. It just never gets better than it is right now. Well, that's uh, the thing is all, all those boomers are going to be dying out of Congress here pretty soon. And I think yeah, that, uh... <laughs> eat that boomers. That's right. 
I, I think the future is interesting. I think that, I mean, the same way that, for example, we want to talk about cell phones. You used to pay for minutes. You used to pay for text messages. You used right. to pay for bandwidth. Now that we're, you know, we're going to talk about the future. Like right now, we're paying for bandwidth, and down the line, it's going to be that's just that's just going to be the service that you have. You just yeah. have the internet, and the speed is going to be irrelevant because it's going to be fast enough to do whatever you need. Well, to do and, and I think that's why what made me think of Dennis Dyack was that in his discussion of the one console future, he he brought up a point that I still think about, like I haven't been able to get away from it, which is technology commoditizes over time. It just it, right. it, everything yep. kind of forms together to be like the thing, and then it's the, the 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 brand, whether it's a Sony or an Xbox or a, you know whatever, doesn't doesn't factor into it because it comes it becomes a commodity. Right. Then suddenly Sony's just a game publisher, not necessarily a service right. provider. They go the way of like Atari and Sega. Right, you know, which they sort of are. I mean, the, you know, the rumor a couple of weeks ago was that they were bringing Horizon Zero Dawn to PCs. I mean, they are dipping their toe in the idea of not being necessarily tied to a hardware platform. And they have PlayStation now. You can play Horizon Zero Dawn currently on your PC, you know, quote unquote natively. I mean, it's... You know, it's something you can already do. Uh, so the last part of this discussion, I thought maybe it would be be worth just checking really quickly here to see, like, which of these services, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down, um, might we be open to using or do we do we actually see in our own personal futures? Um, for me, GeForce Now is definitely a thumbs up. Uh, right now, it's my service of choice. Legrand, yes, no? Yay, yep. nay? Okay. I've, I've used it. I've used it from my phone. Yeah. I've, I've streamed through my phone my LTE to my MacBook tethered and it worked okay. Yeah. I, had, I had my Xbox controller, Bluetooth to my MacBook, streaming from my iPhone internet that was tethered to on my MacBook and it was all working. It I was... love that. That is a very Jeremy. So I'll, so I'll see that and I'll raise you one because I had it to my phone with my Bluetooth mouse and keyboard tethered to my phone. I had my I had some Bluetooth speakers like some big, you know, double stereo like Bluetooth speakers on that and then I was streaming from the phone to my TV doing doing like a screen share thing. Uh, I will tell you that last part sort of broke down. I mean, it didn't it didn't really work, but it but it was it was quote unquote playable. Like I was playing a turn based thing. We're talking like the the Sega Genesis Tower of Power. Yeah, level exactly. Going yes. on right now. That, that, yes. That's what we're looking at. Yes, yes. Cool. Um, but <laughs> I, uh, I'm on board. <laughs> but it worked, and I was playing BattleTech. I mean, the mount there was a delay in the mouse cursor, but I could make it work. Uh, Google Stadia. Yes, no, thumbs up, thumbs down. Sure. Why not? Yeah, I mean, okay. if, it, if it ends up working and it ends up being great, then why not? Yeah, like, agree. Like I, I said, I, I don't care. If, if if things become more and more cross-platform play with multiplayer as the direction that things are going, I think that Stadia will be on board with that too, and it'll, it won't matter where you're playing games. Yeah, sure. Uh, how about some of these remote sharing, like sharing your game with someone else to play it at the time? So Steam has their Steam remote play together, and PlayStation 4 has its share play. Uh, is that anything that you've ever had? Any never occasion? use it. Never will. No. All right. I have as of right now. I have used it a lot, and it, it actually is really kind of cool. Um, whether that will still continue to be a thing, or whether it'll simply go to um, you know just everybody's remote streaming, whatever. Uh, but that actually has been really good, and I, I highly recommend that if you want to play something with somebody who's far away. Uh, PlayStation Now, Xbox. Okay, X here you Cloud. go. I, I, here you go. All right, let's let's talk about the Steam Remote Play together. Okay. So what if you loaded up a game on GeForce Now, Steam Remote Play together with somebody? Would that all work? That's a great question. I I, I would imagine it would. I, right? I will I will say that they GeForce does kind of a weird thing where they're you're actually running like your account on their hardware so you actually have to sign into your account and the stuff that's on there like you you've got to actually have 
cloud too fast saves they and work. stuff. You have to do all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah, and like your saves don't carry over unless the game is cloud saved. So they, uh, and even their patches, it'll be like, oh, we need to patch, and then it's like, oh, it's patched, or oh, you need to install this game. Oh, it's installed. It's so, so fast too. It's the weirdest thing. It, well, it's because they've <laughs> probably got an ISO or some image of the game there oh, waiting, yeah. and it just uh, like attaches it to your account somehow. So that stuff, that extra stuff, I don't know, but maybe. I, Sometimes I will. So I, I've played The Witcher three. Let's just. Uh, I've, I played The Witcher three a few times. I'm talking maybe four or five times on okay. GeForce Now. Mostly from my MacBook up in my bed, or I played it at work. I played it in my car, like I said, tethered to my phone. Right. Um. And a, few, a handful of the times it had to download Witcher three and do that little download where it takes like what twenty seconds to download yeah. whatever, whatever mm. connect to whatever shared drive it needs to copy the game over from or whatever. Um, and sometimes it doesn't. It just makes me wonder if, like, sometimes you connect to a server that doesn't necessarily have that loaded. Yeah. And sometimes you don't, right? I- I've had it doing something where MechWarrior 5 on their menu would say, hey, not available right now. We're updating it. Come back in a couple of hours. And I don't know yeah. what that's about either. So there's like, there and sometimes it'll things. boot directly into the game, and sometimes it'll boot to the Steam window. To your Steam menu where, yeah, and then you can't, like, accidentally, like, play something else. It's like, no, no, you got to play the game you said you were going to play. <laughs> right. It's uh, kind of weird. It is. But it is I, a little I weird. mean, so, so technology. I guess that's the reason why I'm not sure okay. how to answer your question because may- maybe I don't know. Okay, Steam uh, Remote play together, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. Any streaming from your hardware? So, talking about your PlayStation Four Remote Play, Xbox app. Have you ever used those? Ever planned nope. to? No. Never use it. Okay. I have used those. I still do use them occasionally. It just kind of part of me. Part for me, it partly depends on what what media resources are in use by my children pretty much like if they're using the tv i'll move over to my pc and play the ps4 game that i wanted to anyway um i continue to buy my games digitally on both playstation and xbox platforms specifically for that reason um so i I do still plan for that to be a thing um how about the uh i guess that that's sort of it i mean i guess we have some other stuff here that potentially is xbox x cloud oh yes yeah right okay PlayStation Now again and Xbox X Cloud for the same reason that I mentioned before. Like if 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 it was imperceptible that I was playing streaming over PlayStation Now or X Cloud, would I buy a PlayStation Five or an Xbox One Series X? That's the that's the real question. Is yeah. if the lag is imperceptible, there's no input lag and there's no visible lag anywhere else. I mean, hell yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm on board, that, man. That'll be an interesting thing over the next year or two to see how PlayStation, how Sony and Microsoft deal with that, where they're like, yeah, we want to do streaming, but we don't want to put our new games on there because we want you to buy the console. Or do we? You know, I don't know. That, that'll that be kind of an interesting oh, thing. It doesn't they matter. If they're, if they're, I mean, if, if those reports we talked about earlier, they're only making $50 off the console. Like, who cares? Yeah, like, hardware's that's, not that's a... That's nothing. Hardware's not you know, a big they, They're, they're going to be more interested in just selling the games and... That's always yeah. been what it's what it's been yeah. about in the long run. You know? Yeah, that's fascinating. Eventually, they make a margin off of the consoles, but it, you know, who cares? Yeah. The other thing that's kind of interesting about this is that uh, underlying a lot of these technologies are these companies all collaborating anyway. So I know that uh, Sony and Microsoft were collaborating on the, like their Project Azure type stuff, like it was going to be somehow underlying their either their business platforms or or i don't know what we have here bethesda's Orion. yeah it's the server the server infrastructure yeah yeah bethesda has this uh they, they showed uh back at uh e3 last year playing doom the new doom 2016 on a cell phone which we you know we clearly right now have living proof that that is absolutely possible uh but they i think they're positioning themselves more as again sort of the under the hood like we're running the technology so you know other other providers and, and I, and I believe stadia also kind of Brought up the when they were talking about Stadia in the in the early in the early days before it came out. I mean, they're first talking about it. They wanted to be the underlying platform where 
you know, you know, maybe for example, Activision pulled out because maybe they're in talks with Stadia to build their own white labeled streaming service for their games. That's yeah. the Activision yeah, yeah. streaming service, you know, which I think is good for consumers also. And that's, I guess that's one of the reasons why we started talking about this was that ultimately whoever comes out on top of the dog pile in the next couple years is, is really going to be based on, you know, partly on technology, the proof of concept, can they actually make it work? Partly the business type stuff, the, the GeForce now model versus the Stadia model versus the, you know, PlayStation now model. Um, and it's going to really kind of depend on what the consumers vote for with their with their dollars. Um, so that's uh, that's sort of our assessment on that, folks. And uh, if you have any thoughts about this, if there's any streaming platform that you currently use, subscribe to, plan to, or anything that you just are completely not interested in, we'd love to hear from you all about that. You can let us know on social media your thoughts on the no console future. Contact us on Twitter at GameByteShow. You can also reach out to us individually. I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont. You can find me at LeGrant. Dale Count Elmdor Jones. Uh, the trail of rose petals leads to at Count Elmdor on Twitter. Uh, you can also find Jared Red Eye Dunn at R-E-D underscore I. And of course, Jared uh, does his work primarily for us over at twitch.tv slash GameByteShow. We'll have him on the on the podcast occasionally, but uh, he does a good job streaming some some games over there. And uh, we actually have kind of a weird one that we're going to be uh, that we're going to be looking at tomorrow uh, called um, Space Beast Terror Fright, uh, which <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, and, it's a rad Switch game title. Yeah, I know. Is. It's like four words that you could re-say in any order. Fright Beast <laughs> Terror Space. Uh, Space Fright Terror Beast. I don't know. Anyway, we're going to be playing that over twitch.tv slash GameByteShow. If you want to find out what that is, come join us over there. Hit subscribe and be notified when we go live. Find us over at Twitch. Uh, find us over at GameByteShow.com where you can find a back catalog of our podcast. Subscribe to us there or join us on Discord. Our server address is there and it is open for you to come and join us. And of course, we'll be back in just a few days to talk to you about the video games that we have been playing. But until then, this has been your Game Byte Show podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next time. Bye. Thank you.